You are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 37 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. My name is James Bodden. And today's guest for episode 37 is Sarah Drake, Senior SDR at Directive. Really excited about this episode with Sarah because she gives us a view from the front lines, from somebody who's doing the job of an SDR day in and day out. She talked about how she got into sales, how she uses her past experiences in the food service world as a server to really give her a leg up in the sales development world. She talks about how she's adjusted to being an SDR and the things that she's doing that is making her successful. So it's an awesome episode. I realize you might not have an entire 45 minutes to listen to the whole thing right now. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to serve up a snack break sales tip from Sarah Drake. Have a listen. So my sales tip that you can just go ahead and do right now is don't be lazy with LinkedIn. Mm. And what I mean by that is um, consistency is key. So start small, like make sure your profile is in order. If you're in sales or even marketing and you're not on LinkedIn, you're losing out on so much opportunity, James and I know. Mm-hmm. Like, so when I say don't be lazy, I mean, just put in the time and put in the effort. Don't be lazy in your comments. Don't be lazy in your posts. Take a couple extra minutes to think about what you're putting out there because people can spot um, like, others who aren't genuine from a mile away. And so if you can just be honest, I know you had um, Martin on the, on the podcast recently and I listened to that and he's all about being genuine um, in his post. And I took a lot away from that. And so when I say, don't be lazy on LinkedIn, just if you're going to be on the platform, just put your full effort into it. And if you don't want to, that's completely fine, but don't half-ass it. Like if you're going to put out content, make sure that you're putting your whole heart into it and really trying to add value to every single time that you post or you comment. That should be your driving force. It's adding value to others because they're going to want to want to add value to you by mm-hmm. commenting and liking on your posts. And then that's how you get exposure. Like it yep. all comes vulnerable. Yeah. And so I just think that is something that I really honed in this role and not being lazy with it. And so that is my first piece of advice. Go back to your desk and just think about ways that you can, add value to others on LinkedIn. An amazing sales tip from Sarah Drake. So without any further ado, if you got to get back to your desk, go for it. If you're sticking with me, let's kick this episode off. Episode 37 of the Lunch Break Podcast with Sarah Drake. All right, folks, James Bodden here, and you are tuned into episode number 37 of the Lunch Break Podcast, and very excited about my guest today, Sarah Drake. Uh, Sarah is somebody that I first came across her content on LinkedIn. She's a SDR at Directive. She's somebody that's on the front lines every day doing the work, and, and not only is she on the front lines doing the work every day, but she's also bringing that insight and that knowledge and that experience to LinkedIn and and sharing it there, which I just think is absolutely wonderful. The exact type of person that I love having on the Lunch Break podcast. So Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. 
Hey, James, thank you so much for having me. I've been following your content on LinkedIn as well. So this is equally as exciting for me. So thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. And, and um, I think there's excitement all the way around and we can take that excitement and just kind of dive into it. Uh, Sarah, tell us how you got started in sales and how that journey has brought you to where you are today. Sure. So my, I started in sales when I actually started my first job in restaurants. So being a food server waitress, you are naturally having to sell people new menu items. Um, I was desperately trying to get people to add chicken to their salad. Um, and I didn't really have a choice on who was at my table. So I kind of had to be um, super able to speak to anyone, um, sell anything. And I didn't really think of it as sales when I first started, but I just loved talking with people, conversing with others. So that's kind of where it started. Um, I took a more professional sales uh, role when I was in college. I went to Cal State Fullerton and through their internship program, I did a professional sales internship with Frito-Lay, the chip wow. company. The, the snack leader. So I was actually selling rebate programs to their small business unit. This was an outside sales role. I drove around in my Nissan Altima all around Orange County, California, where I'm uh, born and raised and was selling rebate programs. So did a little bit of the outside sales, um, but I actually did get my degree from college in marketing. So I... I've always been fascinated in marketing, plus they didn't offer sales as a major. So I kind of went with marketing instead. Yeah. So when I graduated from Cal State Fullerton with my business degree with an emphasis in marketing, I kind of wanted to gel my two passions. I wanted to find a career that was in sales, but still gave me that marketing aspect that I knew and loved from my studies. So when I was searching for jobs, um, after college, about a year after college, spent some time traveling the world before I went full time. Um, I found the job at Directive. It was a sales development role. And Directive, for those who don't know, are, is an enterprise search marketing agency focused on search engine optimization, SEO, and paid advertising. So I knew that if I took a sales role at this marketing agency, they would have to teach me the digital marketing stuff that I didn't really learn SEO in college. So I knew that they would have to teach me how to sell it. And so that's kind of what led me here was the mesh of the two passions. I've been doing this role for about a year now and safe to say it's a great fit for me. So that was the, the long winded answer from serving it. tables to being an SDR at a marketing agency and pretty much how I got here. So <laughs> no, that's a great story. And, and this is um, you're, you're the first person that I've had on the show that has a background in, in, well, no, that's not true. James Buckley worked in restaurants for a long time um, before he got into sales. But oh, the first cool. person who was, um, you know, in food service and it is, but you're not the only, you're not the first person that I met in sales that mm -hmm. has that background because it's so key. You are, if you've spent years as a food server, you're starting miles ahead of other people when you go into your first quote unquote, real sales job. Because to your point, it's you, you, you don't know who is going to end up at your table. You have no choice over that. You are 
trying to upsell and sell more and keep people happy. And look, everybody always says you should work as a food server at least once in your life. And I'm a firm believer of that. Uh, funny story. I worked at a bonefish grill when I was in college mm -hmm. and saw how good the servers were there and how hard they worked and how stressed out they were that uh, I went in to be a server. And then within like five minutes of just waiting there, I was like, mm -mm, nope, I don't want to do this. And so I was just a, a host for like six or eight months. And I was always amazed um, a, at how easy my job was. Cause I just got to hang out and walk people to their tables. Right? But yeah. Uh, you know, the, the level of, for the folks that did it well and made lots of money and, 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 you know, were doing well for themselves in that role. I mean, they were ultimate emotional intelligence masters. They were able to come up on a table and ease the situation if they were tense and uh, make people laugh if they were in that mood. And, you know, the best ones were always able to, to make that connection and build that rapport. And what a key skill that you need as an SDR to be able to kind of initially sense the temperature of a call, right? Because I'm sure there's similarities in walking up to a table and you kind of take uh, a look around and everybody's got a frown on their face or, uh, you know, you can just tell something's off in the same way with a call, you know, somebody picks up and they're real short and brief. So um, talk to us about how, you, you know, your experiences as, as a server have helped you like in a, in a tactical way as an SDR um, in, in the things that you face on the phone every day. Absolutely. Um, to speak to your point, it's very similar um, the SDR role and serving from the sense of you don't know who's going to be at your table. So you have to literally be on your toes and you have to be able to read the situation very quickly because these people are hungry, like <laughs> hangry, they, maybe. they are most likely hangry <laughs> and they're already not in a good mood. And you're the person that is standing in between them and their meal. And so I, I see a translation to that when it comes to cold calling. You're calling someone out of the blue, you're not sure what you're gonna get, and you kind of have to um, be able to read the situation very quickly and keep moving that conversation forward with them um, in a very positive way. And when it comes to serving as well, you have to be able to keep the conversation going with them. Um, I know a lot of servers don't feel comfortable having conversations with their tables, but this is a great way to kind of learn a little bit more about what they like, what they're looking for. And that's where you can kind of offer the different menu items, uh, be like, oh, you really like chicken, you can add this to that salad. And so you are listening to kind of what they're saying. And then you're applying what you know about the menu and your restaurant to make that experience better for them and get your sales to go up. And so that mentality that I gained through that, because we had goals as servers, you had mm -hmm. to hit certain number of sales. And if you hit all these numbers, you got the best shifts. You didn't have to work super, super late. Yep. If you worked during peak times. You got the best table section. Like there's a hierarchy in restaurants. And so you wanted the best tables. And so 
it was a friendly competition, of course, but you had to know your craft. If you just came in and were kind of lazy with it, like you weren't going to succeed as much as if you took it a little bit more seriously and started to serve like you really meant it. And so that I see that transfer a lot into sales, especially yeah. the SDR role. Like you have yeah. to put in the time and the effort because you're working with people and they can easily see if you're just kind of putting in that half effort. It's pretty mm -hmm. easy to spot. Yeah. In both roles. Yeah. I mean, you know, all of that, everything you listed makes sense um, and, and transfers over to sales. And it's, one of the reasons why it's always baffled me why organizations don't hire more folks from the retail world and the food service world for their SDR roles, because these, these folks are coming in with <laughs> like a chunk of, of experience and knowledge and not to mention that life as a server, the hours you keep, all of that, to be able to move from that into a B2B inside sales role, I'd say 90% of those folks are gonna be super grateful to even have that shift in lifestyle. So you're gonna get more out of them because every day they walk in, they're grateful. They, they know that just six months ago, they were heading in at four in the afternoon to work until two, three in the morning and then waking up to go do it all again or working doubles and, you know, that's a, that's a grind. That's a real grind. And so um, has, has that kind of perspective helped you remain positive in your SDR role? Because being an SDR is tough. You're getting hit in the mouth every day. Um, but does, does kind of where you've been help you appreciate where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I started in restaurants when I was 17 and it was always something that I did throughout college as well to um, keep having money on the side during my studies. But I took the, the SDR role and it was a full profession and I definitely appreciate where I am. These hours are a lot more stable. I mean, I work a quote unquote nine to five, really closer to like a seven to four, but it, the, the hours are stable. Um, I have the job security. I have the benefits a lot more than I would as a server. So I wouldn't trade my time as a server or time in restaurants for the world because it really just, it gives you a great perspective coming into the SDR role where you can own your craft and you're pushing along deals down the pipeline that are, I have a lot more weight to it than just a couple steak dinners. So it's, you start to really appreciate the professional side of the role, but then you never, like you said, James, you never forget where you came from as a server waiting tables and cleaning up after people and serving is a great job. It's a great way to make a living. And I probably could have made a great living doing it, but yeah. I'm super proud to be in this role. And because this is what's going to take my professional career and push it forward. There's only so high you can go in restaurants. And so I, I feel extremely important to have been given the opp opportunity from directive because this was my very first professional role. Yeah. So they yeah. did hire, they did take, I guess you could say a chance on me coming from being a server. So it's. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love it. And, and it's a, um, 
it's something more organizations need to do. And, and there's plenty of people out there like you that are shining examples of why they need to do it. And, you know, so you, you made the transition from, from that in, into the B2B world as an SDR. But what I love about how you got there was you were strategic about it. You didn't just say, I'm going to get out of college. I'm going to take a year off. And then I'm just going to kind of see what happens. I have a degree. I'll probably be able to get a job somewhere. Um, you were strategic. You said, okay, I've had an opportunity to do a, a sales internship. I've gotten a little taste of that. I've got this marketing degree. How can I put the two together as far as being in sales in the marketing uh, industry? And so talk to us about how you, I mean, was this a conscious decision or, or, or did you do planning or how did you come about this? Because I feel like it's especially this time of year, right? Folks are coming out of school or maybe going back into their last year of school and thinking about what's next. Mm -hmm. um, what was your process for, for finding directive? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a great question, James. So like we already know, I took a year off of college to travel. And mm -hmm. while I was traveling to Europe and different parts of the world, I was in the back of my mind thinking what type of career I saw myself in. And don't get me wrong, I went on a couple of interviews, but I'm a firm believer of not settling. And mm. so if I didn't feel like it was a good fit, I, I turned like, respectfully declined the position because I knew that I had serving in my back pocket. I could make a lot of money doing that if I needed to. Very and good so point. That was smart on my part. And so I took a year, yeah, I took a year off of college, but it was a year to kind of do that trial and error. I have a lot of friends that graduated college with the shiny new degree and chose the first job offer that they got. If you got a job offer, incredible, great for you. That's awesome. Some people needed to get straight into work and didn't have something like serving to fall back on. But yeah. I was fortunate enough to be able to go through that trial and error. So there's both sides of the coin, of course. But uh, after a year of kind of searching, I saw I was on LinkedIn. I, I used LinkedIn to find this job. So use LinkedIn jobs app on your phone and scroll through it every day. I recommend, especially if you're graduating soon, just do it. It's easy. And um, I saw a directive and I actually had a mutual connection with someone that worked mm. there. And it was my friend, Josh. I went to school with him at Cal State Fullerton. And I, I asked him a little bit about directive as a marketing agency. Uh, how do you think it would be for me to fit in here? And he goes, we are just skyrocketing with growth right now. Everyone is like on the younger side. You would fit in so well, especially since we both went to school for marketing. And so yeah. I think to answer your question, to summarize it is I was able because of my serving background to do that trial and error mm. over the year of me being out of school and was able to find that perfect fit for me and then continued to grow, grow in that role with the company. And yeah. it all started um, with that trial and error and then not settling for anything that just didn't feel right. Yeah, so. no, that's a great point. And especially a great point for people in any sort of job transition, whether you're coming out of college or you got let go or whatever it is, I struggled with that. So I, I really had a hard time feeling like I had the room to do that. When in reality, I, I did, and I think everybody does, and if you can always figure it out, and you can always take that time, but 
I, I think what resonates with me about your story is it was just the self-awareness to know, okay, well, I can always, I know I can survive, right? And, and, and get by, which I think a lot of people think it has to be all or nothing, yeah. right? It pays to have a skill like that. It pays to know that if everything goes to shit, I can, <laughs> you know, I can, I can make exactly. some money, right? And, and um, I think people find that once they get into sales and um, may, there are people like you who found that earlier, right? And, and I have friends who um, have been bartenders for years and servers mm -hmm. for years and worked in that industry and they make great money and they always have flexibility and they've able to try out different things and see what works and what doesn't. But I think it's the self-awareness to know that you have that ability and then also the conscious decision to to know your worth and to say, mm, you know what, even though I'm coming out of college and a lot of people in my position would take it, the first thing that comes their way that's over X amount of dollars because, you know, I got bills to pay. Um, it's so worth it to, to have that faith in yourself and that, that trust that, you know what, I'm going to go with my gut. And I know that I probably could manage through this and muddle through this. And they, they maybe are even saying that they want me to come there. Right. But mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to trust my gut and it's that will save people so many years yeah, of, of, of wasted time, wasted yeah. time, unhappiness. And, and, you know, you don't always do it. I mean, nobody does that on purpose, right? Like nobody goes into a role and I want wants to be, to be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're not careful, it can happen. If yeah. you're not aware, if you're not mindful about the decisions you're making, boy, I mean, I, um, I feel like there's like two or three years in my sales career that I was complacent or I wasn't self-aware enough. And they're just, it's just kind of wasted time. Like I could have been doing something yeah. else to move to a goal or move closer to something that I wanted to do. So I think that's just a really important point you know, to, to kind of highlight is that you, no matter where you're at in a transition, it pays to take that time mm -hmm. and, and have that trial and error. Um, but before I kind of go on to the next part, I want to touch on one thing you mentioned about how you got to your current role. And, and it's this, that outside sales internship experience. So um, going through that and having the opportunity to, to do that, which I think is absolutely amazing. And I love hearing that more and more folks in college are getting the opportunity to get exposure to those kinds of roles or maybe even major in sales or do an internship yeah. like you did. I think it's awesome. And so having that experience, did that let you know, maybe I'm, I would prefer inside sales rather than outside sales or when you were looking, were you looking for outside sales roles too? That's a great question. So I wasn't, to be quite honest with you, for the sales internship. I mean, I love Lay's and Doritos. When they offered me the position, I just imagined free chips for life. So I, I didn't really know if it was going to be outside, inside. I was still in college. I Yeah, you didn't know. And so when they sat me down, they said, okay, here's your territory. It was like so much of California. Like they showed me the map. And I was like, I don't even, I've never been over here. Yeah. And so like, all right, Sarah, here is your um, territory. We need these accounts to sign up on this rebate program that is going to increase their sales and they'll get a check back every month. Here's your, here's the information. 
ready, set, go. <laughs> and I do learn very well in that, but it scared me. Like, <laughs> so yeah. I just bought my Altima and I, I drove around and I didn't even have a name tag at that point. I was just walking in and I have a young renegade, very young. And I just kind of marched in there with my iPad. And I was like, hello, I'm Sarah from Rita Lay, and this is where you are, and this is where you could be. And I just like put little presentations together, and these grown men of these uh, liquor stores and small businesses that sold the Rita Lay chips looked at me like I was purple when I walked in, but towards the end of it, they were kind of like, oh, wow, all right, well, yeah, we do want to sign up for this kind of thing. And so I, it was the hardest thing I had ever done in my life before directive, and I kind of knew I wanted to take more of an inside sales because mm -hmm. I just didn't like driving in my car alone all the time. I love yeah. being around people. And so in the office setting, you get that. And so that's more of like my personality. So that was where the disconnect was there. Mm -hmm. But it just mm -hmm. proved me that if I can drive around to liquor stores in the Inland Empire of California and sell them rebate programs looking like I'm a child with no <laughs> name tag, with an iPad, it's like, I can truly do, I can, it sounds crazy, but like, no, I'm so thankful for Frito for giving me that opportunity because mm -hmm. it proved to me that, oh, I could sell ice to an Eskimo if I have to at this point. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so. you have that ability. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, and that's the reason that I asked it because the, 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 the folks that I know that are in outside sales love that solitary lone wolf kind of, style yeah. and lifestyle and you pop into the office every couple of weeks and you say hi to everybody and collect your, your check and drop off the invoices and it's all good um, yeah. and then there's people that would be miserable in that kind of scenario and I, I definitely fall into that I remember when I was working in retail sales selling cell phones one of my customers that came in he was an outside sales rep for Swisher the people that make like bathroom Oh yeah, yeah. Pictures and dispensers and all that stuff. And at this point I was, because when I got into sales, I thought the only sales job you could ever really have was in retail. I didn't even realize there was this whole world of inside telephone sales and B2B. And so I met this guy and he's like, yeah, I mean, basically what I do is I just drive around all day and I check on clients and see if they need to reorder anything, see if they want to order a new. And I was just thought to myself, I was like, oh, that sounds so great coming from working in retail where you're, it's like 12 yeah. hours a day and six days a week and fighting for the best desk at the front of the store and all that great stuff. And um, I remember thinking, God, I would give anything to do that. I would love to do that. And then met a few people that were actually doing it and same experiences of driving long distances. And I, I immediately knew I was like, mm, nope, wouldn't be okay with that. I'd get super bored and uh, need to be an inside sales. So it makes complete yeah. sense. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, one of the things that I, I mean, the entire reason that we're even talking is because you create content on LinkedIn. You're active on LinkedIn. You found the job a directive through LinkedIn, which I think is great. But what, when did you make the decision? So you've had this great opportunity with directive. You're now in this role that seems just like a complete perfect mix of what you're interested in, what you went to school for, all of that stuff. When did you decide to, uh, decide to kind of flip the switch on being active and putting content out there? That's a great question. So 
when I was in college, social media was huge. It still is. And I kind of saw that it was just ramping up more and more like with smartphones and everything. And so when I bless Cal State Fullerton because they, they had me take a class where I got graded on my LinkedIn profile. Really? And it wasn't the entire class. It was just one assignment. No, so but that's I already had a LinkedIn profile that was like pretty nice and clean. It looked friendly from the front and everyone loved it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, when I stepped into the professional role, I updated my job at directive and a lot of my friends said, well, my LinkedIn just isn't that great. I, I just don't, I'm kind of lazy with it. I don't want to produce content. Cause frankly, I don't want people to look at my profile because it doesn't look very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was just kind of taking that feedback from, uh, friends that had, uh, just gotten to roles and stuff as well. I said, well, you know what? I'm kind of a little bit a step ahead because my profile is already put together why don't I just take the energy that I was putting into all the other social medias and just hone that into LinkedIn? There's a point where I deleted every, like Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. Highly recommend if you're very active on those other profiles, just try it for a couple of weeks, delete them all from your phone and take all the energy that you would into those apps and hone it into LinkedIn. Start small. You don't need to be the Morgan Ingrams of the world tomorrow, <laughs> yep. but start small. Just like take the effort that you put into your personal accounts and put it into your business account, put a professional twist on it and start engaging with people and putting out content consistently, just like you do on all the other um, social medias. And I figured to answer your question, like Snapchat and Instagram, are not going to move my career forward. Like (laughs) might do the opposite. Like you never know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kidding. But um, LinkedIn is something that I can't like, my ideal customers are on there. Um, mm-hmm. People in my position, I can learn from them. It's the modern day networking event, as they say, like, why yeah. wouldn't I want to put my best foot forward on there? So I just kind of had this realization one day where I'm like, LinkedIn is going to move my career forward. And so I should just gun for it. And I was scared. I didn't get any engagement on my first couple of posts. And I, I was kind of like a wah wah moment, but <laughs> LinkedIn is a snowball effect and you only get out of it what you put into it. And yeah. so I've seen that and you've seen that, James. I mean, we, we're, yeah. we're like back and forth on LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of the turning point for me. And I've been pretty consistent with it lately. I could be yeah. better. So it's a constant, um, it's a constant journey with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it truly is. I mean, it definitely, so I love that you, made the decision and just went for it. I've never heard anybody else say that they deleted all of their other platforms, but that's what I did. I had spent time trying to get things going. Like I did videos on Instagram for a little bit. I would open a new Twitter account every four months and try and be active on Twitter. And it just never really felt right. Facebook was meant nothing at that point to me. And so it was like, you know what, instead of half-assing or starting over and over again with these things, I've got this one profile on LinkedIn. I had done some, I'd added a bunch of connections when I was a recruiter because I was going to try and get in touch with people there, but I only did that for 10 months. So, but I had grown my network to over 500 and so I was like, okay, that looks good on the little old profile. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I'm just going to try and, you know, start doing the same thing you did. And just bit by bit, small part by small part, you start realizing, A, I like doing it. B, 
because if you don't like doing it, then you probably shouldn't do it because you're not going to be consistent with it. So I just like talking about this stuff and I like putting my thoughts out there. And so it, it, you know, if it's rooted in that, I think that will give you the longevity, the ability to mm-hmm. just keep going through I, nobody really caring about it because mm-hmm. nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um, and that's okay. And that means that you can try a bunch of different stuff and experiment because nobody's probably going to see it anyway. I can't tell you, even with this podcast, which is only in the last year or so, if you go back and listen to the first episode and look at the artwork from the first episode and how I described the first step, I mean, it's all completely different. Yeah. It is all completely different. And I've only done 30 something episodes. It's constantly changing. I'm constantly revising it because it's my stuff. It's my content. So, yeah. you know, I can change it if I want to change it, make it better based on feedback. And the same goes for content on LinkedIn. Try what, try what you want to try and see if it works. And now it's even better than it was when I started a, a year, like year and a half, two years ago, because and- there is the, the algorithm is favoring folks that are, that sit where we're at like a few thousand followers very active and engaging on other people's posts liking other people's posts the the long form written content does very well um and so now's the time if you haven't already started and i think you're a testament to all right i'm going to start and then be consistent enough to where when something happens that's out of my control like the algorithm changing and favoring folks with smaller followings that have higher engagement, then you're going to reap the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. and I think it's, it's been great to see the, the, the traction on your post because I can tell it's all based on like what you're going through, just uh, like almost documenting what you're going through and what you're thinking about. And, and, you know, one of the posts that you made uh, a while ago that I loved was about, when you had one of your best weeks as an SDR and you know, you had given so much to that day and put your all into that day that you decided, you know what? It's the end of the week. I know that I need to take a step back and unwind. Talk to us about, so I just think that's very important for especially folks at the beginning of their sales career, because I feel like there's all this pressure and you've got all this energy, this positive energy, and you just want to go, go, go. Was it, was it just like literally feeling so physically tired or mentally tired that you were like, I have to stop? Or was it like, mm, before I get too burnt out, let me just take a break. Just talk to us about how, how you, were, you were thinking when you wrote that post, because I think it's very important. Yeah. When I wrote that post, it was not that long ago. So I had been in this role for a good amount of time at that point. And so to answer your question, it was one of those, I need to take a step back before I'm too exhausted. However, at the beginning of my career, it was the opposite. It was, I had gotten so tired and so overwhelmed that I was just a zombie by the the Mm. end of the week. Again, my friends would ask me to do something, my family, and I was just not even there. I was so tired all the time. And so it, I constantly am trying to be more mindful in the role and it's okay to take a step back. They there, it's okay to take a mental health day. Like you yep. want to be on your best, but is your best worth being at your worst? Like when you're trying to be with your friends and family, a, a quote that resonates with me that I actually added to the end of that is we are human beings, not human doings. And 
being in the SDR role, you are just doing. You yes. are always, always doing. We don't take a second just to be and think about what we're doing because we're so caught up. It's like a, a like a mouse on a wheel. Yeah. And so I had one of the best weeks. And prior in my career, I was working so hard that when I had a good week, I didn't even stop to enjoy it. Like yeah. I was like, next week, let's go kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And now I enjoy the role so much more because I can start to hear those alarm bells um, going like, a light on a car where you see, okay, like I do need to get this checked out or I'm going to literally break down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I've been a lot better at like taking a step back in the role. And I think that's super important. And I wish I would have started that earlier, but it's, it's all about learning in this role. Yeah. So um, it's really cool that I can put content out there. That's going to resonate with people where they feel the same way and it's going to get, that type of response and reaction that we're talking about it now like that's super neat and that is the reason why i'm putting out this type of content is because of this moment right now literally mm -hmm. yeah no i mean and 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 also for all of the other sdrs who are a year two years into their role that feel that pressure you know they can see somebody like you that that is successful and doing well but you know that you're saying like hey it's okay to take a step back. And sometimes people need that social proof and that, that, Oh, okay. Somebody else that I follow and that I respect is, is doing this. Maybe it's okay for me to do it, which is saving tons of people, you know, hours and days and months of of being stressed out, which I think is an awesome thing. Um, So I know this entire episode essentially has been one large sales tip um, (laughs) because you're just, (laughs) you know, it's just also actionable, but um, what is a sales tip that somebody that is listening to the podcast can literally go back to their desk and use right away? Okay. So my sales tip that you can just go ahead and do right now is don't be lazy with LinkedIn. Mm. And what I mean by that is um, consistency is key. So start small, like make sure your profile is in order. If you are in sales, or even marketing and you're not on LinkedIn, you're losing out on so much opportunity, James and I know. Mm-hmm. Like, and so when I say don't be lazy, I mean, just put in the time and put in the effort. Don't be lazy in your comments. Don't be lazy in your posts. Take a couple extra minutes to think about what you're putting out there because people can spot um, like others who aren't genuine from a mile away. And so if you can just be honest, I know you had um, Martin on the, on the podcast recently and I listened to that and he's all about being genuine um, in his post. And I took a lot away from that. And so when I say, don't be lazy on LinkedIn, just if you're going to be on the platform, just put your full effort into it. And if you don't want to, that's completely fine, but don't half-ass it. Like if you're going to put out content, make sure that you're putting your whole heart into it and really trying to add value to every single time that you post or you comment that should be your driving force is adding value to others because they're going to want to want to add value to you by mm-hmm. commenting and liking on your posts and then that's how you get exposure like it yep. all comes full circle yeah and so i just think that is something that i really honed in this role and not being lazy with it and so that is my first piece of advice go back to your desk and just think about ways that you can add value to others on LinkedIn. Yeah, no, I love it. And and I think it's a great point because this entire episode, we've kind of been saying, hey, you know, just get started and, and just do it, you know, but you also have to be it, right? So uh-huh. don't just yeah. do it, 
be a, be a human being and 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 think about what you want to talk about, how you want to engage. And I'm telling you, it's it can be life changing. You can if you're genuine and and you're consistent and committed to it, and and you go back to your desk and and really take that mindset to something like LinkedIn, especially like you said as a salesperson, you might just go end up changing your whole life up. And and yeah. uh, you, you know. Never know. You just never know. And and I love that about sales in general, about social media and the way that salespeople can use it. And, and um, kudos to you for, for having the self-awareness and wherewithal to, to take advantage of it, right? I mean, I think um, it will continue to be something that you can just build on for forever. Mm -hmm. There's no, whether you're at Directive or you're at another company or you're doing this or that, it's you're your own personal brand is something that can grow and mature and, and change as you change as a person. And, and it's something you'll always have. So I just think it's great advice, Sarah. Um, so before we wrap up here, I need to make sure that I ask you the same question. I ask everybody that comes on the lunch break podcast, where is your favorite place to eat lunch? So my favorite place to eat lunch is a place called Kava. I don't know if it's around the United States, but it's C-A-V-A. And the best way to describe it is it's the Mediterranean Chipotle. Ooh. So you can make your own salad wrap. I mean, they make it for you, but you can choose um, salad wrap or bowl. And they have a ton of different options and more hummus than anyone could want in the world. Okay. And if you love Mediterranean food and you have a Kava near you, I highly recommend it. They have an app. They give you mm. free pizza with every bowl. It's, nice. it's heaven. So okay. I have one close to my house and close to my work, which is extremely dangerous for my wallet. <laughs> but yeah. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I love it. No, look, uh, very, very timely. So I was just driving around uh, here in Raleigh the other day and saw Kava. There's a Kava being open, no but I didn't way. know what it was. And so yeah. you gave me the lowdown. And now I know that that is definitely a place I need to be hitting up. So that's awesome. It, James. Let me know how it is when you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. I love it. Sarah, you know, um, I think this has been such a great episode because you were on the front lines, you're doing the job every day and, and your story is, is, can just other people hearing it can benefit from it just by the way that you look at things and the way that you've approached things. Um, how can folks stay in touch with you, connect with you so that they can continue to learn from you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, just type in Sarah Drake Directive because there are thousands of Sarah Drakes in this world. So if you just type in Sarah Drake, you'll never find me. Uh, Sarah Drake Directive um, is the best way to find me. I think my LinkedIn, my URL is Sarah J. Drake. Um, so that's another way. But connect with me. Let me know you heard the podcast or just connect with me. I'll probably connect with you back regardless. But um, yeah, this was a great opportunity, James. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, this was fun. And, you know, I think really anybody, whether you're starting out in sales or you've been in the game for 25 years, Sarah is somebody who has a unique view on things, a passion for what she does. And I'm excited to continue to follow all your success. And, and with that, I'll wrap up this episode of the Lunch Break podcast. Speak to you guys soon.